0: to stop what you're doing and listen it's in this league more, more. my style is impetuous my defense is impregnable come again with scott bogman and chris well
1: can't wait what does that do does that blow your mind that just happened Bogman, this is In This League right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Three hours of In This League with your boys Bogman, Welsh. We got a whole bunch for you. We got uh, Casey Bubba back in the house for hour three. I'm here for a couple hours. We have got football. We've got basketball players getting arrested. Never going to actually play with the team they probably signed with to win these fake championships that are going on. People retiring, owners don't care about good players anymore. Let, black is uh, black is white, up is down. It's just everything is mixed up right now. Yet we are a week away, less than a week away from the start of the NFL
2: season, Boggs. The five days, I believe it is, to the first Thursday night football with the Thought. final countdown. Ba-da-na-na.
1: It's very exciting. It's very very exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about preseason week four because there was some stuff. You know, usually and typically it's just garbage players, but there's a couple teams that threw out some starters. The Patriots specifically did some interesting things. And as always, it's my favorite bit. There's always one player in week four that everyone's like, this guy needs more playing time. He's usually the wide receiver nine or the running back five, and he goes out there and the team blocks for him and every go, oh, this player's amazing and he he might be a starter. And it's like, we'll never see from him again. I always come back to it's good old <laughs> Thomas Clayton. When Thomas Clayton for the 49ers led the, all of uh, NFL in preseason rushing, everyone's like, Thom, Thomas Clayton might be an RB2 in this league. Guess what? I don't know if he ever stepped back on a football field after that ever again. So let's cool our jets there are some things to talk about. Most prevalent is something we didn't talk about on the last radio show. We have already talked about it on the In This League Fantasy Football podcast, but in uh, this universe, we haven't talked about it. Andrew Luck's Captain Andrew Luck account <laughs> was uh, retired. Captain Andrew yes, Luck's yes. account was retired. And it was very sad. And though out of the ashes the Phoenix rises, we now have Lieutenant Jacoby Brissett, the count, and it is, (laughs) it is lit, Bogman. I am going to pull it up.
2: Lieutenant Jacoby
1: Brissett, I have not seen this yet. Yeah, let's see. Why, you know, why is lieutenant one of those words that's difficult? It's just
2: spelled so, it's like our Colonel, it has no R in it anywhere. It's colonel is what it looks like. Did you ever have, like, I have, there's
1: a, there's
2: probably, I mean, I'm a
1: dumb idiot, so there's probably more, but there's definitely, like, if you were making a top three list of account or a word sorry accounts like literally twitter doesn't even know what i'm trying to do right now twitter's <laughs> like what are you trying like, are you to do you
2: idiot yeah
1: i'm just trying to find i don't even see it because i can't just spell type lieutenant. in lt
2: jacoby Brissett. that's what
1: i did and the and twitter was just like no nah, we're good Let's no you have it to spell time.
2: out lieutenant yeah why is it trying to do this to me <laughs> lt why does twitter hate me yeah,
1: don't do it to me. Where the hell is it? All right, I'll look Isn't for it. L
2: I E. Oh, yeah, here it
1: is. I see someone screenshotted it. So there you go. It's L I E. Yeah, there it is. Lieutenant Jacoby Brissett. Very first tweet Dearest mother, dearest mother, uh-huh. our unit's commander has suddenly and permanently holstered his sidearm. Just days before battle is set to commence, I have been tasked to be next in charge and lead the charge. I am anxious, but full of faith. I shall write you from the battlefields, Jacoby. <laughs> but real quick, back to that. If I had a list of the top three words I always incorrectly start spelling, lieutenant is at the top, and someone might be like, well, "How often do you spell in that?" A lot, because we have the ITL Army on Patreon. You would be surprised <laughs> oh, how much I, don't I have ever to write spell
2: it. lieutenant. It's always LT. It is LT. So <laughs> here's another one, and it's this is a really
1: bad LT. one, definitely.
2: I, definitely is the word. I, I can never get it right ever never
1: every I swear to God 98 percent of my life of trying to spell definitely is incorrect and auto auto autocorrect literally just looks at me and it's like, all right, come on let's just let's just fix this now.
2: Do, do you do the bit where if you don't know how to spell a word, you just uh, you, you go to whoever the last person you text was. Hit that microphone and say the word right into your phone. That's no, the bit I I'm, I literally I know the little
1: red underline is about to happen when I'm done, and I'm just gonna <laughs> right click and go. I have seen it. I have seen definitely corrected no less than twenty five hundred times, probably in the last two years. Incorrectly spelled every single time I start. So, Lieutenant,
2: I'm always like, isn't there an A in here somewhere? Where does the A go? I'm this like, why no the A? I
1: goes in here, right? And it's like, no, it doesn't go there definitely lieutenant. And I'm trying to think of what the other word is. There's one more.
2: Well, there's like nine spellings for Sergeant.
1: Yeah. So. Well, that's true. But I, yeah, I mean, if we were getting into all the military stuff, I'm going to spell all of that incorrectly, but um <laughs> yeah,
2: they, I don't know. Those
1: are the top two. If, if anybody else let me know what they are, but out of the ashes of the, um the surprising and shocking, Captain Andrew Luck and Andrew Luck, the football player, we do get Lieutenant Jacoby Brissett, who should be a good follow, already up to 13,500 followers, Bogman. And I think the account has been, well, actually, oh, he must have changed. Oh, did he change it? That's weird because it says this account was born in 2015, but or somebody just jumped on it. It was smart, <laughs> so.
2: Do you, uh, I, I know you remember Greg Giraldo, right? Yeah. Okay, so Greg Giraldo had this bit one of my favorite bits about um soldiers writing like the old civil war soldiers writing to their you know their their sweeties their loved ones and all this stuff dearest maria blah 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 blah. and then he had one of current day soldiers writing to their their loved ones like Dear marie uh it's really really hot out here uh my my uh you know what's a stick in my leg because it's so hot out here you know and and i just imagine like that is Jacoby Brissett versus what Swag Kelly would would oh, write. Oh yeah, yeah, letter. Swag,
1: yeah. Chad Kelly would be like just, Swag. He'd be sending those letters instead of to his loved ones to different <laughs> porn stars around Twitter and sitting so there. <laughs> he'd be sliding in the DM. So okay, oh, so funny God. thing happened. You because know, we've talked a lot about you know Andy Luck's retirement. I'm done with it. Though there are two. Well, there's a couple of funny anecdotes. Someone in one of our keeper leagues today said. Hey, anybody interested in holding on to Andrew Luck? I'll sell him cheap. And I was just like, who would buy Andrew Luck
2: right now? Is it the, the same, same Gronkowski same people, people that are buying Rob Gron- <laughs> Rob Gronkowski? It's hey, the same people. That's nah, yeah, I, I actually heard the worst part about Luck retiring right now is the fact that we're going to have to listen to this comeback nonsense for the next decade. No, I don't think. I know? mean, do you really think? I, I don't he think he ain't so. coming back. I mean, he's not coming back. It's to, not like the others. It's not like the other ones. No. It's this dude, like, and I feel like there's always a possibility that he comes back. I don't see it happening. For so the but XFL, have- where his father is running the league. Oh, my God. Those conspiracy people. Those are the I, best. I love it. Oh, the best. That's my favorite in the world. Thank, that, uh, I mean,
1: God bless um, those people for
2: entertainment. Yes, 100%. Uh, it's just like, uh, you know, uh, why do you think Bob Lazar gets the most listens on Joe Rogan's show? People want to see what crazy looks like, you know, yeah, good point. Uh, that 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 kind of stuff. So but but, um, you know, uh, there are guys that retire and think they're done and, and just can't live without football and come back. But
1: like that, that was Calvin thing. Johnson. That was a Calvin Johnson type play. Like Andrew Luck stepped away because he's like, I don't enjoy this game. I can't do it. This that and I don't know, man. I, I just like sure we probably are going to have some experience of it. But I don't buy it. I don't I, I'm not in with that one like some of the other ones that have uh, that have been out there.
2: Yeah, man. And it's not like it's not like he's not going to contribute to society anymore. The guy's got a degree in architectural engineering. Hopefully goes and makes a bridge that doesn't collapse during an earthquake or, and saves him people's lives. Or he How can about also that?
1: never do anything again because he's got one hundred million dollars.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not I would do. That's not what he's going to do. But well, not yeah, a good person. I mean, right. Yeah, I'm exactly. Not well, dude, if I, I wouldn't need a hundred million. If someone gave me 10 grand, I wouldn't do anything for three months. So, uh, (laughs) that's, uh, (laughs) the things I I would would do do for 20 grand right now, I would sleep, for three months straight. Well, I'm not even it's talking exactly about I mean. the things I wouldn't do.
1: The things I would do for twenty grand right now. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I'd lose my soul for what Andrew Luck probably made per hour in the NFL. The things I would uh, compromise.
2: <laughs> would <be> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, all my friendships and relationships with anyone I've ever met. So, even myself. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> got to get rid of mirrors because after I do this, I won't be able to look into any. Nope. So, uh, <laughs> Didn't want to absolutely. before. Can't now. I did a, um, I was doing a
1: draft with our boys over at um, official fantasy It was the, I think they call it the league of corruption. And um, I mean, twofold. I had set up my queue with, you know, a bunch of players, but then I completely forgot about it. I completely, and I was actually, I was talking with you and I get home and I'd set up a pretty decent queue of stuff and I get home and I have this realization because uh, Greg texts me about something and I was like, oh no, it's 20 minutes in. I log on quickly to the Yahoo app and I'm up and I have like 70 seconds and I'm like, oh crap. And I just, I, don't, I haven't seen my team. I don't know what my team looks like right now because Yahoo also doesn't, they didn't, I was like, what's the button where I view my team? So I just quickly look on the player board. I don't know what round we're in, but I see like Cooper Cup is there, and we're it's a, it was like a ten man league, but it's many many rounds where Cooper Cup shouldn't be. So I'm like, I'll just take Cooper Cup. Then I got to look <laughs> at my roster. It's a good roster, um, not of a lot of play. I don't know if it didn't follow my cue. Um, definitely some things I would not have done, but I've got like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, uh, running backs are I think I got Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, you know, a bunch of my type of guys. George right, Kittle's yeah. on the team. It's a pretty good team. But staring me in the face at wide receiver two, T.Y. Hilton, and my flex, oh, oh, oh. Marlon Mack. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, give um, me a break. All right. Well, but what round did you get him in? Because um, the rest of that team sounds pretty good. I, I, you know, I mean, 10, man. Uh, I think Hilton a stack of, of Cook, Jones, and Mack
1: ain't bad. It's all right. Because I think it went like Julio one, Dalvin two, I think Kittle three, and then I got... I think Hilton might have been fourth round and Mack was like sixth or seventh. I mean, again, mind you, this was a, a 10 man league because, uh, you know, Aaron Jones, I think, came after Hilton at five. So Mack was probably, you know, six or seven, something like that. And I think I jumped in at the eighth round and that's where I got Cooper Cup and I was like, Pfft, all right, thanks. But, you know, it's one of those things, the repercussions, they haven't caught up with the Andrew Luck stuff. I mean, rankers are out there talking about it. We just talked. You know, we've had interviews about it on the Black Book, all that type of stuff. We were talking about, you know, the valuation change. But there are still leagues, and people just need to be aware on these final drafts that, like, T.Y. Hilton's still sitting out there and maybe being a value at this point. Same thing with Marlon Mack. I mean, people are calling for the end of all of these. But as we said over on, uh, I think it was the Black Book that like listen Jacoby Brissett is not Andrew Luck but they've also built a really good offensive line and there are some talented players so where T.Y. Hilton some might have viewed as a wide receiver 10 people are dropping down to a wide receiver 25 he might be a happy medium of like a mid-tier wide receiver 2 and Marlon Mack Kind of same thing, you know, I mean, maybe the offense isn't as explosive, but if that line works how it should, they might be able to rely on him. So not making a case for the guys I drafted, but I'm just saying maybe, you know, in this final week where values become less and less, those two players inherently might have better value across the board because no one's really caught up to them.
2: I'm more into moving uh, T.Y. Hilton down than I am Marlon Mack. I can totally see the argument of Marlon Mack like, look, you know, You want to grind the clock out with with uh, this offense being not as good as it was with Andrew Luck. So let Marlon Mack run the ball. And he's a he's a grinder. That's what he did at South Florida. And that's why I've always kind of said, you know, to me, there's not a bunch of difference between Jordan Howard and Marlon Mack. You know, they're both kind of jag grinder type of dudes that if you had, there, there's so many guys that in college football that I would rather have uh, playing for these teams, but it's just not the way it is right now. So Marlon Mack's the best player they have, uh, the best running back they have, so let him grind it out. I mean, Hines is better, but he's never going to get 25 carries. So let him grind it out. But T.Y. Hilton, I, I think it's just the years and years of watching backup quarterbacks come in and just be awful. There are so many bad backup quarterbacks. There's not 32 caliber starting quarterbacks in the NFL yeah, right now. Yeah, but is the question but,
1: bad or a drop-off? Because, I mean, we've also seen situations like what Kaepernick did. I mean, you know so you know what I'm saying when I'm getting into that? like I would be so much happier
2: if the Colts signed Kaepernick. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm a Brissett fan. I think Brissett is better than 50%, at least probably 75% of the league's backup quarterbacks. But he's still like... Maybe 25, 26 to me as far as fantasy.
1: Yeah, I, I guess what I was saying was like, what you're saying, we've seen so many running backs that are just so bad. The the question that I ask is, or quarterback, what did I say? Running back. Running back? All right, I was looking at running back, sorry. Um. The question is, is like, is it that he's really bad? Like he's Matt Schaub or is it just, he's a tier difference? from Andrew Luck, and can the team manage it with a guy like Brissett? Brissett's so a smart guy. He's been around two of the smartest quarterbacks in the last, you know, 20, 30 years in uh, Brady and Andrew Luck. I mean, he is the tutelage this guy has had as long as they don't ask too much of him and make sure that, you know, they're – designing game plans you know maybe he's not as big of a deep threat guy as Andrew Luck but he can move around in the pocket and maybe you have to work in you know shorter movements. so maybe you have to move uh, T.Y. Hilton around more do you get what I'm saying like is it I really that big of a drop-off for the rest of the guys
2: yeah it is uh it is because Andrew Luck is a top five quarterback it's not it, it, and that's more the drop-off from Andrew Luck than Jacoby Brissett being bad but that's the drop-off that we're staring at you know, and it, we looked the last time, and you mentioned it that, you know, the lines improved. The offense is better than it was last time Brissett took over, but 900 yards and four scores for T.Y. Hilton. Maybe he's a little bit better than that now. I
1: just wonder, like, you is it, like, what if, okay, what if Josh Allen was a quarterback of the Colts? How much different would that be from Jacoby Brissett? And how much of a drop off is
2: that? Not much, but we're not, uh, we're not boosting up Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen's running stats are, are different for fantasy purposes, but for the weapons around him, you know, um, I, I think I'd like it better if Josh Allen was the, the quarterback uh, well, for as far as fantasy purposes go. What I think He's is, got better targets than he has in Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, there's a lot of arguments there. I think what the main gist of what I'm getting at is People are going to get a little bit of a benefit because these guys have decimated in their value. That there might it might start be start being worth speculating is where and I'm they're going. not
2: undraftable. Yeah.
1: I'm with you there. Like, well, here let's finish this up on the other side okay. of the break. Though we got music coming up here. Uh, this is in this league. We'll be right back. We'll talk more about this. We got to talk about how the Cowboys are digging their heels at the smear campaign, preseason, and a whole bunch more. So don't you go anywhere. You're back.
0: I generally come in at least 15 minutes late I use the side door After that I just sort of space out for about an hour Space out I probably only do about 15 minutes Of real, actual work
1: Would you be a good sport And indulge us and just tell us a little more
0: Let me tell you something about In this league
1: Welcome back, this is In This League Right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Big old draft weekend for the majority of you Though Bogman and I have been rocking some slow drafts. I think our actual big thing is on Labor Day. So Labor Day, we'll be doing our uh, long-term redraft Bogman League. But I know a lot of you are out there. So we have got you covered. I would highly suggest if you are listening and you want to, I don't know, do we need big, deep digging? This past week, uh, we had uh, a mock draft episode, which was actually a really good one. It was a 16-team speed round, and we did a final draft prep episode for everything for you. So... Go listen to those and subscribe to the In This League Fantasy Football podcast, if you will. And more than anything else, if you want last-minute help, you could do this. Or if you want your week-to-week help, patreon.com slash Army is the place. Because how we serve our fantasy football community is we do AMAs. We do secret shows to make you laugh. But also, we have our group me rooms, which is our lieutenant level of the ITL Army. Couldn't spell it for you, but I could spell (laughs) it out for you that we've got the football group-me rooms where there's a football room where you can just talk, you can talk about trades, this, that, and the other thing. Then you also get the start-and-sit room every single Sunday morning. That baby is popping off. People are dropping, i got to start two, here are four guys, and then everyone votes. You'll get a big collective group of people talking and voting on all that stuff. It's pretty dang good help. So if you guys want to support us, you want a little bit more in your fantasy football season, we'll also make you laugh. Check us out, patreon.com slash ITL Army for Bogman and I for this football what season. Else? What else? Well, oh, well.
2: See? You like that?
1: Uh, no, it was Doesn't good. Doesn't feel good, does it? No, it felt fine, actually. You reminded Uh-oh, me whatever. of Thursday nights of Bogman, which is coming out. That's a super fun time. <laughs> That's what else, friendo. Um All right, we were talking about, okay, so y- you seem to disagree a little bit. All I'm saying is with the T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, I'm kind of out on Ebron, even though he is falling one I, Here's been my deal with tight ends, just real quick. If I don't get the top three and I, or I don't get a really good value on one of Howard or Ingram, I'm just waiting till the end and taking Mark Andrews or something like that. So, I, Abram doesn't have much interest in me for, in general. The bottom yes. guys like Paris Campbell and Devin Funches, they're just kind of like non-sequiturs to me, like whatever. But Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, and T.Y. Hilton all are feeling the drop from Andrew Luck. The drop is so much so that I don't think Jacoby Brissett is so bad that these players are going to become completely irrelevant. T.Y. Hilton has dropped literally from a fringe tier one wide receiver to a wide receiver three to people, and I think that cost is worth speculating on. Mac is unfortunately, from my conversation, is going more where I valued him before But I still don't absolutely love, love him. And Naheem Hines drops a little bit. So I I guess I'm making the case to speculate speculate on T.Y. Hilton because he is dropping like he was A.J. Green or something. Like A.J. Green is going, I mean, my God, he's going in like wide receiver 40 now. And you would think T.Y. Hilton suffered an injury. He didn't. He just had Jacoby Brissett instead of Luck. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that might that might be right around the range of an injury. Yeah, I mean, it's going from it's just it's, it's not just supposed to be nothing.
1: It's just right. It's the the adjustment is so incredibly drastic.
2: Well, I think, and I don't even know necessarily that it's the number adjustment. I think it's the fact, like you know, in our last ITL pod, we did the the my guys thing. Yeah. You know, the these are my guys. These are the guys that when I'm drafting, Seven and I look, I, I look at the draft room. I go, ooh. I kind of want that guy. Yeah, get the, the names that jump out to you. And now TY Hilton is just not a name that jumps out to anybody. And, and How I was think he before, that's though? kind of yeah, he was. I, he was lower end in that tier, but I think if you have Andrew Luck and you have T.Y. Hilton up against, you know, you can put him up against the uh, the Keenan Allens and the Diggs and Galladay's and Lockett's. Like, I think he's firmly ahead of most of those guys. Maybe not Keenan Allen, but I put him ahead of Thielen and Edelman and, and, and all those dudes. Now he's he has to drop into, I think, you know, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett is a better combo than Brissett and Hilton. I think that um, you know uh, Cam Newton and DJ Moore is a better combo than Brissett and Ty Hilton. I don't know if I'm disagreeing uh, I,
1: with what you're saying. I'm not sure I, I fully disagree when it you're just talking pushes combos it down.
2: Though. Right? It just pushes him down. Like I, you know, it's it's one of those things where he probably dropped too far in that draft that you did, and that's why. Clearly you took him on, on your auto draft or whatever, but, uh, I'm, I'm just not all about drafting these guys. I just think if you, you watch the quality of quarterback and I'm not telling you Jacoby Brissett's bad because you know, the guys in the NFL obviously is pretty good quarterback, but comparatively to the guys that are at the top end, you know, you have to take a little bit off of these dudes. And I, like I said, with Marlon Mack, that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, maybe he he dropped way off for me because I like the offense with Andrew Luck. I don't like it as much with Brissett. So uh, a lot of people had him low. You had him low already. Yeah. But he doesn't move that much for you. Uh, T.Y. Hilton drops for everybody. Eric Ebron drops for everybody. Jack Doyle drops for everybody. And I'm, you know, I don't know what people were doing. with Naheem Hines beforehand. Well, you know, I was, uh,
1: I was, that was about the only cult that I was super excited about. I mean, luck right. if I got a deal, but Naheem Hines was the only guy that I was really trying to get shares of. And then, well, I mean, look at us now, you know, now we're in a situation where, you know, I'm getting him at a tiny bit better of a cost than before.
2: Right, yeah, and and I, I did I did I tell you about my bet about Naheem Hines with uh, mm. Brend in the army? No, no, so let's hear it. we were uh, we were kind of arguing back and forth, and it's funny because he, he the guy's just so respectful. He was like, "Brend, I think the oh yeah, yeah absolutely." He's, he's like, "The only take that, that I don't like for for you, the only time I think we've disagreed is I have Alexander Madison over uh, Naheem Hines," and well, he that said, is ridiculous." He said that I think that what that I have Madison over Hines yes uh, It's not ridiculous at all uh, He said that um, You know uh Brissett is going Br- Br- to. is going to need. Yeah, one disagreement. He's a, he's a <laughs> Welsh guy. Uh, <laughs> he said that uh, you know Hines is one of those short outlet guys that that the you know younger quarterbacks or more inexperienced quarterbacks like to throw the ball to. And I said, yeah. So is Paris Campbell. So is Chester Rogers. So are both the tight ends. You know, Marla Mack. They want to get more involved in the passing game as well. Uh, Alexander Madison already has a role because the the Vikings want to run the ball a little bit more. And maybe his role is not as big as I'm making it out to be. But let's also not forget that Dalvin Cook has been hurt in both of his years. So – uh, if Dallin Cook goes down, Alexander Madison is getting a million carries. So uh, I, I think that's the upside swing that I have on Madison over a guy like Naheem Hines. But sounds like uh, maybe we're going to make that a board bet, too. I you might be
1: willing to this coming week. Everyone be on the lookout for it. it's the shares, board bets and predictions show we're going to drop this week. I think that's one that we can put on there. I mean, I was trying to make the case that I think Naheem Hines is a player that could be the number one back in Indianapolis after it was all said and done, because I think he's more, he's going to be more of the receiving threat. And I think they're going to want the ball in his hands more, and maybe even more so now. Maybe it's more of a 60 40, but I don't know, man. Like, I know Madison I think he's way get... more
2: talented than Madison. And Madison's uh, going to get
1: run, but I feel like that's that's too played up.
2: I, th- I think one, uh, I think Hines is, is more talented than, than Alexander Madison is overall. Um, I think uh, even I I think uh, underestimated Madison a little bit coming into the draft, but uh, I, I I just don't see all the playing time and the snaps there for uh, Naheem Hines, where you know the the Vikings spent a second and a third round pick. To adjust the offense the way that uh, Zimmer wants it to more running and uh, and I just think that he's a big part of the future plans and Hines is a piece yeah you know H- Hines Hines is a nice piece and like I said again and I'll keep reiterating this I think that Hines is a better running back than Madison but I think you have to look situationally and at what's going on. And for me, it's just I'm taking Madison because he's a big part of the Vikings plans.
1: Well, and most people are just moving off of the Colts, uh, ultimately, anyways, a big thing that's going down this weekend. And who knows, a minute you could be listening to this or seconds from now, it could be uh, finalized. But it's something that has been speculated all offseason long. I have pressed everybody on and I actually seem to be making headway with some people a little bit more, even though I've had little moments of turning the corner the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones specifically have really dug their heels in on the Ezekiel Elliott stuff that's currently going on. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, according to Jerry Jones, is not expected to start the season, and um, there's kind of a there's kind of a smear campaign that's starting to happen. It's a little PR campaign that these guys you use. Um, let's see. Here is the Deadspin article from just a little bit ago because I want to get his actual quote. What they say is funny. Uh, Wednesday morning, Jones was on 105.3 The Fan attacking the very concept of player agents in a way. He goes, you eliminate, uh, that's always been the issue with me and my approach to managing the Cowboys. You eliminate when you cut out people in between the money and the player. We all know that agents, attorneys all have their agenda, by the way. They're all taking money out of the pie, too, when they're there. And, and so the straighter it goes from the source to the receiving, it's nine times out of ten that's more efficient but what comes out of it more, he goes, we can't and won't miss them all, talking about the good players that won't be there. We need Zeke. We're a better team with Zeke, but we need to be able to win when we need to without without players because of injuries, suspensions, in this case, holdout. But as I've said, it's a marathon. Also saying that uh, he talks about not honoring commitments. This is... Um, Let's see here. Well, I'll ask another question for you. If we do a contract, what's to assure us that this time next year or three months later, we won't be talking about another contract if we're not going to honor contracts? So here's the deal. Jerry Jones digging in. There's actual press fighting about this now. And Jones has come out and admitted that Ezekiel Elliott is going to miss time in the season. Everything can change in one instance with a couple more greenbacks. But that doesn't seem to be the case here, and I have been arguing the whole time where everyone has said, "Oh no, he's fine. He's gonna he's gonna be there week one." Doesn't look like he's gonna be there week one.
2: No, and and I'm I'm thinking that they get this done before six weeks. Still, I mean, I'm just gonna be on that train uh, until he misses six weeks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's going to miss time as of now. I, I don't think that this. Um, uh, I don't know that it changes my opinion too much on him outside of, You're you gonna know, take him I four? Just n- no, I'm not going to take him four. but I wasn't taking him four a week ago. I, I moved him down to nine. And I think that's where I still have him is late, late in the first round is where I would still have him below. Yeah, what, but bell. I, yeah. Yeah. Below bell. I, I think what this makes him though, is this makes him and th- these guys are really annoying to draft. And if you don't want to draft him, I have him one spot ahead of bell. I have him at seven. Uh, I think I have Hopkins and Adams ahead of him. So I have him at like, um, uh, so I think I have nine overall. But um, this makes him a conditional player because if you draft him, you now you need to go and get Tony Pollard. You know, and and we're not we're not guys that like to handcuff, but that's something that you absolutely have to do. You have to you have to take. Uh, Tony Pollard, because that's the guy getting the run while he's gone. Maybe. And that, but, uh, it, it, it's annoying. I, I'm uh, not, it's not even sure not that's a situation the answer, I want to get involved in. I
1: don't even know that's the answer, though. Because then what you do in those situations is you're relying on the backup. What if someone snags him out and you go, oh, my God, the whole r- plan's ruined. What if they do do some splits with guys like Alfred Morris? I You're almost put in a situation where you need to start taking other running backs. You need to start pressing that, That's them.
2: also true. And that, yeah, I, I mean, that's, just, that's a better strategy to have. You know, is to to take running backs early, but if if you know, if, our, if, our boy Jake on the last
1: episode Boggs made a, made this case, you know, about like, well, if Elliot misses like you know three games, I don't change his value. Six games, he's still like top for Listen, if Elliot misses six games, that is massively, massively significant. And maybe you were the guy that hits it solid later in the draft, and you draft the Devin Singletary, and you know, I think today as you're listening to this, Lashawn McCoy has to be cut for the $9 million to not count and everything. Maybe Singletary there is number one, and maybe it's a huge payoff, and it works out. But, like, to take Elliott in the first round where he's going to miss six games is massively significant to me. And I look at, like, my running backs, and I know the value that he'll have when he comes back. But I go and look and go, I think I took him over Chubb, Cook, Mixon, all of those, and... I lost six weeks of those guys' production because why? Elliot's going to score two or three more points the rest of the way through. I mean, it, the risk worries the hell out of me. No shock to anybody is how I've been talking because the narratives have switched now. You know, all the rumors. Hey, little hint. Think Melvin Gordon's going to sign, and then Elliot is just fighting with the Cowboys in public. None of it looks great. We have no idea how this is going to work out, except that Elliot looks like he's missing some serious time, and I question. The massive worth of even going first round with him at this point.
2: So you're just out. You're out on Z. I just
1: don't. I don't want to deal with it. Like, I mean, are you? Yeah, gonna feel, I don't blame are you. Are you feel I, great look. if Elliot misses six games and you took Elliot over Le'Veon Bell or or Cook or Mixon.
2: No, and look, I was. Uh... You know, I was involved in this situation last year where I was, uh, oh, LOL, this will get done with Le'Veon Bell. And he screwed me over and I had him in two leagues and I just I was out the entire season because of that. You know, I thought he was going to be back, but I also didn't make adjustments in my drafting. I was like, okay, he's not signed now, but he's going to be signed before week one at worst week two. I'm going to be fine. And the bottom line is kind of like you mentioned the Welsh. We don't know. You know, I can make assumptions. I think that they're going to lose a couple games and then you sign them up pretty quick. And I think it's going to be over fairly quickly. But I, I have nothing definitive to tell me that. Uh, no guarantees at all. Okay. So, I'm just saying it's it, just
1: people really like this is it. Like you, you guys are all put in a situation. You drafted something a month ago. Who
2: cares? You know what's going You, you just have to deal with it. Everyone's got to deal you with, just, with it. You just, you, just got a choice, you just have to draft smarter. You just have to draft smarter. What does that to mean, get, though? Well, it means getting uh, another back. It means if you're drafting Elliott, you probably need to be taking three running backs uh, to start your draft. I mean, so, wide which, receiver which,
1: gets gross in the mid rounds.
2: It doesn't. It's okay. It I mean, it gets it, get, it gets it unva- gets It gets less valuable, but it doesn't. Uh, to me, it doesn't get gross. I think there's a lot of decent wide receivers. Well, I think it's Kirk all just wide receiver threes, though. Been, uh,
1: how many guys How many guys have? The, like, you can get Devin Singletary in like the eighth or ninth round. That guy could be an RB two if he's the starter in Buffalo. There aren't wide receivers in rounds eight or nine or ten that I look at. I mean, do we really think? I mean, I'm a big John Allison guy. We really think Allison or Moncrief are going to go up into high wide receiver two stuff? I just don't think. I don't think the upside of the wideouts is as big as some of the running backs that are still there, really, really late. But that's my point, though. Not taking Elliott. I mean, if you're getting a massive value, that's one thing. But taking Elliott over like the stalwart, like. Bells and Mixon's at this point outside of so them getting what's, hurt. what's your line then? Where are you taking him? Are we going to
2: talk about that? Yeah, we'll talk about uh, that on the other side segment. of the break.
1: That's perfect because I, um, our ranks are over on Patreon and I'll tell you where he's at right now and where I've officially moved him under and how I'm going to take my approach. And also, guess what? <clears throat> we got a draft on Labor Day. So Bogman and I are going to have a great idea. Ellie, Ellie's got to sign by like two, Wednesday or Tuesday for him to even be a possibility for week one if he, if that were to happen Maybe some people are going to be, reap the benefits. I'm not so sure, but you and I might potentially be put to the test this coming uh, Labor Day with our next draft, so we'll let you know how it goes. But don't go anywhere. More Bogman on the Welsh right here. It's In This League on Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: The snozberries taste like snozberries. I'm freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man. man, man. Littering and. Littering and, man. and.
1: Littering and smoking in this league. Break it down. Welcome back. It's in this league right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The college football man himself, Scott Bogman, in the house. The college man who literally is everywhere. You want to hear about college football? you can get no less than like seven hours of Bogman a week're <laughs> right here on the fantasy radio uh, fantasy sports radio network actually on the TV side Bogman is doing updates even some hosting sometimes you've got three different college football podcasts so make sure you're following him on Twitter at Bogman sports and myself kind of been the baseball man uh, you can listen to Prospect one the prospect podcast just did one with uh, James Anderson from RotoWire on prospects uh ranks that ended the 2019 season. You can also catch me over on fantasy baseball today, over on the CBS, as well as in this league. So uh Bogman and I, our reaches are very deep into the industry. We just did a guest spot over on our friend Ariel Cohen's show and he was just like, Hey, how do we introduce you? And I was just like, I don't know, dude. I don't know how you introduce Bogman <laughs> and I were literally it it would take longer to break down the amount of content we do then explain Aristides Aquino, like his rise and how good he is. It would take way longer to go through the motions of all the stuff that we do, but we do it for the people. We do it for um, the love of fantasy. And that's why we got our Patreon and uh, good luck following along. I was thinking about that today, Boggs. I I was like walking around the kitchen, just like, okay, I got this to record. I got this to do. And I was like, People, there might be people out there, listeners of ours that literally hear us every single day between
2: every day,
1: baseball, football, black book. I'm on CBS. You got the college shows, the IDP show. And then we got a three hour radio show. When you count it all up, there are probably people that walk around and take us with them. Every single day, and I can't imagine <laughs> hearing my own voice in my head every single day is a daunting task. But for listeners how, to d- decide to do that is crazy. How
2: sick of us must they get? You know, I. It's got, just, you know. Sometimes it's it's so much, and we can't help but repeat some things. I mean, our Patreon, that, that it, our
1: Patreon. Yeah, well, yeah, that I mean, we try to preface that, we try to be good, but our Patreon is a great example of it too, because you can see, like, you get to see the arc. Sometimes you'll get to see the person that discovers us. They tweet us, then they join up with the Army, then they upgrade to the Army, they stick around, and then we stop hearing from them, then they cancel, and then they, we never hear from them again. And it's like <laughs> that, that's the arc of someone that gets all in, then they get sick of us, and then they get all out. And then there's the, the crazy few that just keep sticking around for us like uh, the wonderful people that they are
2: yeah yeah and uh some people uh like listening to our stuff and some people just stick around on patreon for the community because it's not like you know you can get actual opinions from other people who play the same stuff that you do so uh and, and uh you know, it's better than going to like Reddit, you know, and say, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? And, you know, shame. You're going to get <laughs> downvote. Yeah, shame. <laughs> downvote. Shame. Why are you promoting this? I'm not promoting anything. I asked you which picture I should start. You know, <laughs> downvote. Downvote. Noob. Ban. Uh, Ban. 4chan. Yeah, all that. Hack. Yeah. All <laughs> 4chan. That stuff, yeah. Hack.
1: <laughs> Whatever all that stuff is. All right. So, um, uh, you guys know where to go. Just follow and follow me on Twitter at is the Welsh. So, we went to break. We're talking about Ezekiel Elliott. It's it is exhausting. Maybe one of my most favorite things will be when the drafts are over. Even though we'll have trade conversations, if if Elliot doesn't end up starting the season, because sure, we're, everything is negative right now, which is part of the plan. The smear campaign on the Cowboys is to kind of deflate his bargaining power. That you know that um, he's the victim. In the money situation. So they're out there, you know, very strategically being like, well, oh, he can't hold up to his, his contracts, you know, blah, blah, blah. So there's this camping that's going on. We'll see it could end tomorrow. It could end in six weeks. We'll see where it ultimately goes. I can't weigh the risk anymore with these guys because it is. Oh, so where, where are you putting it? That's what I'm going to say. That's, that's what, what I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. Because this is a new world of football where this is going to be more prevalent. You and I talked about this as a whole this idea of holding out, holding out is more prevalent. I don't know if you saw it. Des Bryant quote tweeted the, uh, the article about um, Jerry Jones being like, can't you hold up to your contract? And Des was like, good on Zeke. You're going to thank yourself in 20 years. I wish I had done this when I was in the NFL. This is the new NFL. So you ask the question, I'm going to be risk adverse with, even though he's an incredible talent, he is going to be RB 11 for me because I can't I- do it. I can't do I it don't mind that. Over, here are the guys that I have over him. The obvious, um, the obvious starts at Bell and up. Okay. The next group, I'm taking Joe Mixon, I'm taking Nick Chubb, and I'm taking Dalvin Cook over him right now. And let, if I get any word, if I get any good, solid, positive information, sides are getting closer, sides are talking, that might change at this moment in this environment. I'm taking all the backs up to Cook over Ezekiel Elliott, which pushes him if if I had only running backs it would make him the wheel in a 12 man most likely under my personal ranks, this makes him mid second round, the only caveat I want to give, is if this is a 10 team league, I'll be much more aggressive I'll actually take Elliott closer to where his value has been around the 4th, 5th 6th running back, because I'm going to be able to get I'm going to be able to get high-end RB twos in the third, fourth, and maybe even fifth round in a ten-man. Twelve man is where things start to get dicey. Obviously, the deeper we go, the more concerned. So that's my stance going into this final weekend, until told otherwise.
2: Uh, and I can get behind that. That you know that that makes it. it um, Was he RB six for you? Seven. I I don't think uh, I don't I don't think you're getting him at eleven. So I no, think- I don't either. I think that's pretty much you're out for me. Look, the reason I put him at seven is because I'll take him and then I'll take another running back and then I'll take another running back after him. I am the guy that likes to take three running backs, so I don't mind at all. I'm okay dealing with that. Um, you know what, what you called the horrible kind of end of wide receivers. Cause I feel like I can pick some good ones out of there. And I think there's some deeper ones too. That I uh, that I can get behind. So you know, because I don't mind starting Larry Fitzgerald. I don't mind starting uh, you know uh, Sterling Shepard. I I'm just don't mind they're starting so different. some of those guys. I'm
1: just saying there's it's the if you're talking like the tier potentials, the tier potential of running backs that are still around in that area are of better quality upside than the wide receivers. Like maybe Sterling Shepard's an interesting one.
2: People are going to buy on Golden yeah, Tate upside. after the suspension. A bunch of a bunch of running backs have upside, though. But but the I I think that it's more likely that a wide receiver breaks out on merits uh, than a running back does, because a running back is basically sitting around and waiting for an injury ahead of them. You know what I mean? There there are so many of those guys, you know, like you're taking who in there? You take in Chris Carson. Chris Carson's a, a, a nice pick, you know, um, <clears throat> but he's much better if Penny goes down. The same thing with Lindsey or Freeman. You know, I, there's upside on Freeman, but Lindsey's better. Lindsey proved it last year. They want they want Freeman to get more involved. He will get more involved because Freeman also proved last year he's going to get hurt. But the wide so, receivers
1: in that range that you're talking about, though, where guys like Freeman and Penny and stuff are, the wide receivers in that range, best case is Larry Fitzgerald, which to your point, he's one of your guys. The other guys that are sitting around there. It's, it's not as great as you think it is at that point. There are not like TY Hilton didn't
2: fall down there. I don't I mean Corlin I Sutton already might T.Y. be. T.Y. Gone. Uh, who who are the guys? Are you looking at fantasy pros Do you have it pulled up? Uh, let me look real quick. Fantasy yeah, pros. Yeah, because I, I would like to get the actual comparison because there are I'm just okay taking three backs because And I am I too by three the way. Backs and, and and I know I don't really have to worry about that too much. You know, I'm But you know the difference get, I've done?
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to catch you up. The only difference, uh, real right. quick, and then you can you can bounce off of this because I agree with your statement. The only difference of my top three backs, I would rather go lockdown, lockdown Gordon than Elliot, lockdown, lockdown. Does that make sense? Like I would rather the third of the crew be Gordon
2: in the. You know, I mean he, it Gordon's doesn't also make got sense. the value. Look, and you can do the same stuff. I almost lost hundred bucks. You, you can do the same stuff with Gordon that uh, you can do with Zeke, except for uh, – it, it's it, to, to me, the Welsh – it's funny that you say that because that's the same risk to me. You know, it, it's – but – But the cost
1: is much cheaper with
2: Gordon. The cost is cheaper, but it's the same amount of risk because what you're doing is, okay, you're taking Melvin Gordon in whatever the third if you're going running back, running back, Gordon. In the third I mean if you fell to the fourth Then you're winning this argument Of course Which but he is falling if, to the fourth But yeah Sometimes uh, You know But I, I've seen him go in the third A bunch of times That's why I took him You and I were doing that mock oh. It was a 16 man mock He fell to the fourth And that's why I took him I don't think Melvin Gordon's Coming back though I think he sits the year. Uh, I I. don't think They're so far apart in their contract And we've heard pretty much no news On that front So I'm just not doing it at all So uh, I think I would just much rather um, I would much rather go with Zeke if I'm picking one of those two. But if you take Gordon, then I think it's the same deal. Yes, you have to take running backs earlier and you want to try to get Justin Jackson, right? Yeah, you know, I agree with that.
1: Like, let me give you three pairings here just based on like current evaluations. This isn't a perfect science, but this is about it. Let's say you have the choice and you're taking Elliott High. You can have these three guys. And I'm going to give you a good third one, which is going to maybe sway this back, and I'll accept your answer if that's the case. You have Ezekiel Elliott, Devontae Freeman, and David Montgomery. Those are your three backs. Okay. Or you can have, let's say, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, and Melvin Gordon. What's the three Um, that you want? I I think I
2: want... Give it to me again. Okay. I'm sorry. So Elliot,
1: three. Elliot, you get Elliot, you get Freeman, and then you get David Montgomery. Those are the three I'm giving you. The other side, where you, now you're drafting like you know ten or something like that. You get and actually, to be fair, I could I'm, I might not be completely fair in what I'm doing here, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. But But part two could be Cook, Mixon, and Gordon. So the well, parts- I want
2: Cook and Mixon and Gordon. Come on. But but Freeman's going off at 30. So I think if you went Zeke and then you went Leonard Fournette and who was the other one? Dave Montgomery. Montgomery. That, I want that.
1: Okay. Well, the only other argument I was going to make is to to the point I'm going with here. In theory, you could go Elliott if you wanted to take him around Cook. Elliott, Mixon, and then your secondary back might be a guy like a David Montgomery. So, um, you know, if, if Fournette and Montgomery is worth the cost of a wide receiver one to have Elliott, or is it I'll take the later value on Gordon and have two lockdown running backs, yet you're still at the cost of a wide receiver? Those are decisions you need to make. I'm more risk adverse with Elliott because of my concerns with the team. I am the I am the only one on the planet that doesn't seem as concerned about Melvin Gordon, and I'll buy on it. I just do think that this is a new this is a new era of football we're walking into, where we are going to see more and more players do this type of nonsense, and it's not going to be cutting deals. They're not going to cut deals, you know, for ownership to make things right. They're getting paid because everybody in the world is on their side now, so it's almost uh, they're almost a trailblazer when they do this type of stuff. Lev Bell was the first guy. Guess what? Gordon and Elliott they get to be the next.
2: Right. And you know, Emmitt Smith did this uh, a while back and it worked out for him too. But also I want to look at this because if you are taking one of those guys, uh, you know, y- you agree with me, right? Like your strategy, if you take Gordon or Gordon, you take in the third round after you've taken two running backs. Is there any scenario where you would go running back wide receiver Gordon?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely see this scenario. If I had, if Gordon, I got in the late third and I had another pick coming up, absolutely, man, if I could go, uh, well, I mean, what did you say? You, who was
2: my first pick? No, I didn't say your first pick. I just said running back, oh, running back Gordon. Yeah, so I, say, I said, is there any way you go running back wide receiver Gordon? And you yeah, said yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah so surprising. like, let's
1: say I got um, Mixon or, or Chubb or Cook or something, and then I come back and I get a Tyreek Hill or a Michael Thomas.
2: Okay. And then late third Gordon And then is you there. take Melvin Gordon and... And then uh, with the next pick, you would take like Marlon Mack or Chris Carson. I was just about to say,
1: or Chris Carson or Montgomery or JS Jacobs or something. Jacobs probably isn't there, but yeah, actually, I I think that might be safer. That actually might be one of the safer routes to go because you're also getting the elite wide out that you can then pair these other good ones with. You're getting a top end running back. You're getting a really solid for the for a solid number two option. And then you've also thrown Melvin Gordon on here. That actually might be. The best risk-based scenario that I would like to get into. The other inverse could be: could you go Elliott white out and then go running back, running back in rounds two and three and be comfortable? Maybe you got Montgomery and then Mac. Would you like that? Would you like Elliott? Let's say Elliott Juju or Elliot, yeah, Elliott Juju, and then you get who are the two I just said, Mac and Montgomery.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I like that team. That that team's good. So, um, I don't. I think I want to get Tony Pollard later if I'm doing that. And uh, I just like, I'm looking at this, and the wide receivers, you know, that are going post 36. So that's the top three rounds. I don't mind some of these guys as my wide receiver one, as long as I take another one quickly after that. It's Edelman, it's Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks. You spent 36
1: overall, not.
2: 36 overall. Okay, yes. yeah, gotcha. Uh, Lockett's at 48. Cup's down here. Godwin's down here. Um, you know, and, and Calvin Ridley's down here. Like, I just feel like there's a lot of upside in those wide receivers. Should you be, be going three running backs in your first three picks? I feel like there's just well, okay, a where's lot the of line? upside. Where's the line?
1: I'll give you Lockett, Galladay. I think those are, they might be a little pipe dream to our conversation, but Godwin.
2: yeah. Godwin's um, the line.
1: What about Cup? Is he in that same range? Cup's
2: in that range, yeah.
1: Okay, so you'd be comfortable going... If you got Cup and Godwin in
2: rounds four and five? Four and five, right. Okay. And and then, you know, I come back and I take whoever in round six, whether it's, you know, a good tight end is still available, uh, you know, a backup running back at that point. If you want to go top tier players, you want to go quarterback there, whatever it is, I'm fine with that. But I think, you know, the wide receiver down to like... You know, down to like where I have Ty Hilton at twenty five, I'm kind of I'm I'm okay with this mix of guys. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, it
1: makes sense. I mean, there, there's so many pieces of context for everybody. Hopefully, this wasn't too convoluted and it made sense and actually get your guys's brain workings. Because listen, there's nothing that is a standard here. Ten teams makes us different. Twelve teams can go both ways. If you have a bunch of like lockdown smart people, it's a big competitive league or you're playing with a bunch of idiot rubes and boobs, like there's advantages you can take. <laughs> 16 teams, I think this gets a lot more of a dicey situation when you play in bigger leagues like that. But the common standard is 12, and there's a lot of things that can break your way in a 12-man. So I don't want to discourage and say Elliot is this, Elliot is that, but ultimately just know what you're getting into. And I, I feel like, and this is just my narrative here, but I felt like everyone, and, I've, and it pissed me off, that everyone was so lackadaisical for six weeks about Elliot and his holdout. And all we heard, and it's not to like say you pissed me off, but like you and Joe and every guest we would have on, everyone's like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. He'll be fine. elliot will be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Draft him, draft him. And then all of a sudden, now we're talking about Elliot creeping out of the first round. And, and I don't need accountability or acknowledgement of it, but it's just like, all right, well, no one cared. And now you care. We Should always be concerned about these players, and you have to treat it accordingly. And then don't why
2: don't you care about Gordon? I do, and I do, but I get, a, I, get a massive,
1: I get a massive discount on Gordon. It's Third not the round same. How is
2: a massive discount? Like, Wait, I,
1: Well, here, we got go to go break. We okay. got to go break. We'll talk a little bit more about this on the other side. Hour two coming up in this. Evening.